Welcome to another episode of When Friends Wine. I am your host, Rashida, and I am joined today with my bestie co-host, Tammy. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining us today. So with the school year just starting for many, we would like to discuss a host of pressing topics surrounding our children this month. Today's topic is a must-have conversation that we all need to hear. Today, we are going to have one of those wow moments where we wine over wine. Rashida, tell us about the wine of the week. What is it? All right. So our wine of the week is called Le Prix Bonjour Sancerre Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, French. girl. Look, did I sound French or what? <laughs> You got to make it flow a little bit. Make it oh flow a little God, bit more. Girl. What in the <laughs> so, Savion Blanc is the name of the grape variety as well as the wine that that's produced from it. Wines from produced from the grape have become so popular that they've even earned their own unique, unique set of nicknames, including Sauv Blanc, Savvy B, and more. So this uh, wine region is Sancerre, and it's in France, and it's vibrant bursts of citrus living up the soft bed of white flower notes in this dry wine from the central Loire. It's medium body and pleasant finish paired with foods such as fish, poultry, and cheese, especially goat cheese. The alcohol content for this one is 12.5. We've been seeing a lot of our wines coming at the 12.5. And this bottle is um, will go about $30, and you can get it at Total Wines. Okay. All right. So let's pour this up, and we're going to get started. All right. So let's go ahead and um, dive in. So um, um, a few months ago, I was on Facebook, and I came across this video. Um, one of my high school schoolmates had made a, a, um, a video, and... It absolutely broke my heart. It broke my heart to the point because it resonated with me as a mother and especially a mother of a special needs son and how words can really, really be harmful. Mm, yeah, it broke my heart too. Um, it was sad. We discussed the power of words, you know, in a previous episode. And I don't think some people like really understand how words can either breathe life or death into someone. So let's just, before we move forward, let's take a listen to the clip of the video. I'm literally like so triggered right now. And I know it's because um, I love somebody who is neurodiverse. Uh, I love somebody I mean, like, if you are my Facebook friend or follow me on Instagram, you already know by now my son is autistic. Um, not just autistic, he's intellectually disabled. Uh, so he's, like, physically about to be 21 soon. And uh, mentally, he's still super young. It really depends on the day or the topic uh, of his intellectual age. So to hear and to see, to hear people say retarded, to see people type it, 
it's so triggering. It's so hurtful. It's hurtful because my son came to me, I don't know, maybe, I don't even know how long it's been, maybe 10 years ago. Like, don't get me wrong. I used to say it. But he came to me when he was in school, maybe middle school, elementary school. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been some years. But he came to me and he was like, uh, you know, some kid called him a retard. And um, he didn't understand. And I didn't want to explain it to him. I just told him it wasn't a very nice word. And then I met Alicia. And, you know, she told me it was a whole movement, you know, trying to get this word removed. And I'm like, yes, yes, that makes sense because it is. It's hurtful. It's hurtful. Window liquors, helmet wear, short bus, you know, riding the short bus. This shit is hurtful. If you're not an adult and you say it around children, your children are going to go to school and they're going to use it and they're going to say, oh, this kid's acting different. Oh, this kid's in special ed. Uh, they're retarded. Wow. Wow. That was very, that was, that was hard to hit listen to again. It just was. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was, you know, like I was at a loss. Today, the word retard is a term that no parent wants to learn is associated with their child. Like nobody wants to hear that. So that is what we will be discussing today, banning that R word. And why does it matter? Yep. So this is a, a really much needed conversation. And when I saw this video, I was in tears because I, I could feel her pain because I too have, have been there. And as many know, I have a son who has different abilities as well. So this really hit home for me. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, you know, when she said that, should we ban the word? And I thought, you know, this would be a really good topic for us to discuss. Like, why does that even matter? Like, far as like banning a word. Right. Yeah, I uh, it's heavy. It's heavy. Um I I just, you know, I guess I can relate not to that extent of, you know, her son being, you know, of being her son is being disabled, you know, and autistic, but um my son, my oldest son, um, he definitely has um academic disability. So he and my youngest son both have what is called IEPs, Individualized Education Plans. Now, let me just share the backstory first on my oldest son, people that don't know. So my oldest son was born a preemie. He was born 28 weeks, um, which is, uh, you know, way early <laughs> before the time. He was born at seven months, pretty much. So he was in the hospital for the first eight weeks of his life. Um, and he was born at one pound, 13 ounce. So he's a, he's a survivor. But I'm going to tell you this, even in spite of all of that, um, you know, all the things that he went through coming into this world, he definitely is a fighter, but he's persevered. So when I say physically, there is no 
there is no physical disabilities with CJ at all. Um, he's perfectly fine. Like CJ is smart as hell. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like football, sports, all of that. School, he's good at that. The only issue is that he has uh uh they 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 claimed him with a well they classified him, I'm sorry, with a speech and language impairment, which means that he has issues with expressive language. So whatever is in his head, it's hard for him to get it down and put it on paper. So that also affects his ability sometimes to do like math, math word problems and things like that. And I discovered this pretty early on, like when he was in first grade, um, they noticed that there were some things that I guess, you know, some levels that some of the other kids were on that he should have been on. Now, of course, some kids, everybody learns at a different pace. We know that. But, um, you know, they did some testing, extensive testing, and found that there was a slight delay um, in some of his academic abilities. So that led me to getting an advocate um, who basically helped me develop an IEP. I had never heard of an IEP before ever in my life. So basically, that sets up a strategic path and map for your children when they're learning in school so they get they may get certain accommodations like extra time when they're testing they may get preferential seating like sitting in the class they may get pulled for certain things like maybe an hour for speech or something like that if that's their impairment but in other words he's not classified as being disabled but there is a learning disability and so when I say that I'm saying that I resonate with that as well because I have there have been Yes, listen, some family members that have said, oh, he needs to go to a special school. And I'm looking at them like, my son is not mentally disabled. My son has the abilities to do everything. CJ is normal. So I'm, I don't understand where that came from. And it kind of ticked me off too. It really did. And I had a conversation with that person. I was like, look, there's nothing wrong with my son. You know, yeah, I know that he has some learning disabilities and things like that, but that doesn't deem him to be qualified as that R word, because that's what she was really trying to say. She kind of said it, but she didn't say it. And so, like I said, my youngest son also has an IEP as well. And it's the same classification, um, expressive language and things like that. But I'm saying all that to say that we need to be careful about the way you talk to your children, like you said, and the way that people view your children, because it can give them definitely it can mess their confidence up and then they're looked at as their peers at their peers as being different because they're in lower level classes and things like that so I'm just saying you remember when we were in school back in the day <laughs> you know like we used to kind of kid up you used to joke about these kids that were in the slower classes oh special ed this that and the other and like I said we've all gu been guilty of that but until it happens to you personally you really start to look at things differently and I for one you know I feel bad about even joking about that back in the day, just like she was saying in the video, we are all guilty of using that word, but you really, we really got to be careful about how we speak about those things. I definitely agree. And it's, you know, it's a reality that many kids don't discuss, you know, and, you know, it's hurtful. It really is hurtful and it can leave a lasting impression on them. Like you said, as far as their confidence level, how they see themselves their capabilities. And I too was guilty in my younger years of using it in casual conversation. And so, you know, I think it's important for us to, you know, like start thinking about the power of words. We talked about it in previous, you know, previous episodes. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
why the word is derogatory so why would you use it it's the same shirt it's the, it's the same term like when she says short bus all those terms we don't think about that stuff and how they hurt so it's really about just understanding why you're saying something <laughs> and you know being careful because you don't know everybody's situation anyway so i'm very careful about saying those types of words anyway because you don't know if, if somebody has a family member and things like that 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 could affect them so i'm very careful even we know what we're talking about. There are different other classifications and social groups. You don't want to use certain words <laughs> that are derogatory. So you don't want to use those types of words either. These are words. You don't want to use any of that when you're speaking to people that you don't know. Right. So let's talk about how the word was even derived. So the word retard or retarded, it was it started as a use for um, a clinical term coined by the healthcare community to describe a person's medical condition. It meant that a person's intellectual capabilities were impaired and the term was never meant to insinuate a person was not smart or incapable. But over time, of course, it was used as an insult. So today the R word is more often used as a derogatory label meant to dehumanize others. And many don't even really think twice before it rolls right on off their tongue. And so, um, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, banning terms and things like that, or whether or not, you know, um, something can, should be banned, you know, it becomes this big debate. And I find that it's odd that, you know, it even is a debate because I feel like society picks and choose groups that they want to protect. And they do. You know, mm -hmm. and not to be offensive to anyone, but the LGBT community fought really hard to burn, to ban certain terms. And, you know, we hear a lot of talk about whether we've become so focused on political correctness or are people too sensitive. And there are, you know, forces at work that say that efforts to eradicate terms meant to disparage one's race, their religion, sexual orientation, medical condition, you know, impedes their freedom of speech. And so, you know, it becomes a touchy subject when we talk about banning things and banning people from saying certain things, but really it's more so about teaching the next generation kindness. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's really teaching your kids because kids, you know, even when you think about racism and stuff like that. They're cruel. Like They're stuff, cruel. Yeah, like this, that kind of stuff kind of like is passed down. When you look at little children, they don't come into this world, you know, with this hatred. It's a learned behavior. So when right. they hear certain terms and when they hear um, people teasing and, you know, all of that, I, I feel like hurt people hurt people. You know what I mean? And so you find that even with the bullying and things like that, you find that these, these kids are learning this behavior. And so I think it really is important, not so much for me to ban the word, but more so to, you know, start correcting and teaching kindness and compassion and empathy to our children. And right, just using the right terminology, um, if you will, um, mentally challenged, um, mentally impaired or disabled or something like that. You know, it's plenty of words out here that you can use as opposed to that. And so, you know, of course, some a lot of progress has been made. You know, the ADA, 
you know, the American Disability Act and stuff like that. They have rights. Um, disabled individuals have rights and things like that, which is how um, the IEP even got instituted um, through the state of Maryland and things like that. So there are a lot of programs we know and things like that. But it's just like you said, when there's efforts put on specific social groups and things like that, it's like all plastered over the news. It's highlighted. But you rarely hear about stuff like that, especially which you just pointed out is a good um a good point about the bullying and things like that in school. Mm-hmm. So it's something we really need to be more aware of. Yeah, we definitely need to be more mindful. So we have made some progress in the effort. And so the Special Olympics launched a campaign to banish the R word as inappropriate in 2010. And so far, more than 300,000 people have pledged to stop using the word. The most significant effort to remove the R word is the Rose's Law, which removes the term mentally retarded and mental retardation from all government and education policy manuals and replaces them with intellectually disabled and intellectual disability. The law was named for Rosa Marcelino, an eight-year-old from Maryland whose parents worked for the passage of such a law after their daughter's school changed the designation on Rose's file from impaired to mental retardation. Yeah. Why why would they even do that? Like that blows my mind. Why would you change it from impaired to mental retardation? That is crazy to me. Yeah. (laughs) Some use of cognitive impairment Mm -hmm. as a safe term. You know, they think that that's kind of safe, but I guess. (laughs) So um, you find that it's a touchy subject. And I think, you know, if you're not educated on it, and if you're not knowledgeable about it, and this is why, you know, this is important. This is an important conversation for us to have. Because, you know, I think not, not all the time do people really know what to say sometimes, right, right. um, What word to use. So I've started using because even when um, my son Quentin was diagnosed, they had diagnosed him with mental retardation at one point, which only really meant, you know, that it was a a delay. And so after that, they started saying a developmental delay. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. they moved from that to intellectually impaired, or um, they started saying differing ability. So, so as time goes on, it seems like they're getting more eloquent with, with the, the terminology, word, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So it's just really cognitive. It's a cognitive impairment. Yes, yes. You know? And, you know, like, I don't know that you even really have to speak on it unless you're in, you know, a doctor's office or talking about somebody's medical, you know. Yeah that's really the only time that you really should be having that conversation anyway, far as I'm concerned, because it really doesn't matter. I agree. um, You know, I think um, it's important for us to do a lot of outreach in these schools and, you know, really just teach our children empathy, you know, have them to be aware and just have a zero tolerance in our children that and let them know that, you know, like they're at ages that are that they are very impressionable and it's vital for them to start correcting, you know, like how they treat people and the words that they speak. 
and not just children, but adults too. Yeah. Because the, the issue is if you, if you want to know, ask, ask the parent, like, I mean, you know, ask like, and ask in a way where it's not like you're just trying to be nosy, but if you really have a genuine care and concern, then you will ask like, oh, so, you know, what happened or, you know, you know, some people genuinely want to know, you know, how does that, I mean, of course, these are all developmental things. Like it's nothing that you or I did <laughs> when we were pregnant to cause this. It's just something that happens or whatever, like you said. So nobody asked to be that way, clearly. So again, um, you know, this is why I feel like you need to get your book in these schools. Like your book tells the story to these younger children. It's a children's story. It can get them, you know, proactive. It can make them more aware and self-aware of, you know, the challenges that people that are not like them, you know, face. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not saying it just because it's your book, but any type of book like that, but your book definitely zeroes on in specifically that issue. Yeah. I definitely am on a mission to bring awareness, you know, about diversity, inclusion, and, you know, we have to teach our children early on. And I wrote this book, my book, My Brother Quentin, um, for those who don't know, I wrote the book um, from the perspective of my three-year-old at the time. And he had a lot of questions surrounding his brother and why he couldn't do things that he could do. And he couldn't understand that three, why people stared and pointed and, you know, was like so just mean and rude. So this was my way um, of explaining to him that, you know, although your brother um, cannot do some of the things that you can do, you know, we have to be kind. You know, we have to understand that God made us all. It doesn't matter, you know, like if you can do, you you can see, you can, some people can see, some people can't, some people can walk, some people can't hear, you mm -hmm. know, there are all different challenges that people have, learning disabilities, things like that, that make us different and right. make us unique, but we all deserve to be respected. We all deserve kindness. And so this is the, you know, this was what I wanted to, you know, teach my child as he was growing and growing and going, getting ready to go into school and understanding why people, you know, would look and stare. And so now, you know, he'll say hi, because I used to say, you know, don't get mad. Just just speak. If they start staring, just speak. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because that'll throw them off anyway. Them off, <laughs> right. right. So we like, hi. Um, his name is Quentin, you know, and he started saying that because, you know, he he didn't want his brother to feel sad when, you know, people were pointing and staring at him. So, yeah, so I think, um, you know, like I, I'm definitely on that mission and I hope, you know, at some point down the line that I'll be able to present the book um, in in schools so that we can definitely continue this conversation about um, kindness and just empathy and make making our children aware yeah I commend you a hundred percent for even you know sometimes it's just like having a difficult conversation like with your child at that age like you said a three-year-old they have a lot of questions they don't understand things so the fact that you actually you know took the time to sit down and talk to him about it. But not only that, you took it a step further. You wanted to present something that was universal so that a lot, so it could reach a lot of people just on different aspects, you know, and just share more information or, you know, uh, share, share more light on that, that issue. Because it's definitely something that, 
is not talked about. And, you know, I encourage anybody that has a family member, a child or whatever that has any type of disability, like, you know, sometimes it can be hard. And, you know, sometimes I feel, you know, I'm not gonna say I feel a certain way, but sometimes, you know, I, you know, I, I, um, made the decision to keep both of my children back in, you know, in their grades. Like they, you know, I kept them back in a certain grade. And I did that as um, the best decision that I could make for them academically, because I felt that they were not, you know, they were, they were a little behind. They were going to be lost, <laughs> lost if I had to push them forward. And a lot of people do that. But for me, it just was the best thing. So I'm just saying, sometimes, you know, I think about, oh, you know, my son is, He's 15. He's about to be 15. He's in eighth grade. I mean, not a big deal or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? It makes you think sometimes like sometimes you do question yourself. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you do say, you know, am I doing enough? Could I be doing this or whatever? But I already know the answer to that. That's just the devil trying to get in your head to make you feel like you're never going to be enough or it ain't never going to be good enough. But I can tell you, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you have bent way over backwards. I have seen the mountains and valleys that you have climbed for Quentin. And when I say all of the stuff that he's achieved, it's amazing. I mean, I just think about that day when we went away last year, I was blown away. <laughs> when you told me, you was like, we can ready to play Uno. Y'all, <laughs> we sat down and played Uno. It was me, my son. It was actually all of us. Yeah. And Quentin yeah. played Uno right. with us and beat everybody twice. Beat everybody. Okay? Right. He, he played, if y'all know Quentin, <laughs> if whoever's listening, if y'all know Quentin, y'all know Quentin beat us in Uno. So I'm just saying, don't ever say what God can't do and don't ever say what a disability can hold you back from doing. So I'm just saying that that comes from the support and the continued efforts that came from his his mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in prayer, prayer definitely works. But I'm just saying anybody dealing with a disability, don't let people be unkind or dealing with a family member that has a disability. We have to be sensitive to everybody's unique situation yep absolutely and you know and it's okay like we as parents sometimes we get to a point where we don't you know we might be a little in denial and you mm -hmm. know because we don't want that stigma put on our child we don't want labels put on our child and we don't want to make it hard for them but we don't realize sometimes that if we don't you know, make those steps. So I commend you as well for that bravery to say, you know, like you're going to make that. I remember when we talked about it at first and mm -hmm. you know how unsure you were about it. And, you know, and I'm just glad that you took those, those steps and made sure that, you know, you were making sure that those kids were successful in school. And it's important because, you know, kids will get in, in school and they'll be struggling and not even understand why they're struggling, right. you know, and it's up to us as parents to, you know, notice these things and say, okay, well, you know, let me get my child tested and let me get them some help. Cause like you say, it, it may be something simple as let me just, you know, maybe they're not being challenged enough or, you know, maybe they need things broken down in a different kind of way, but that's what makes us all unique and make us all different. And so I definitely commend you on the work that you've done as well for your kids, because they are definitely thriving. And, yeah. you know, us as parents, we just, we just have to stay focused and, you know, keep pushing for this narrative that it's important for us to, 
to to listen to our kids and just be kind. <laughs> just be and, kind. and what's the word that we like to say? We are our we are our children's what advocate. advocate. We always say we are the children's advocate. We are our, you are your child's advocate. advocate. Are. You don't do it. Nobody else will. Nobody else will. We and the loudest person in the room gets things done. Anybody <laughs> right, right. Will tell you that's the mother I was when I come through them school doors. Debbie, everybody know. She Here she come. Here she come. All right, Miss Johnson. <laughs> Is everything okay? You tell no. me. <laughs> you tell me. Is everything okay? <laughs> Because you know, if I ain't getting it done there, I'm getting it That's done. Right. That's right. Stop <laughs> playing with me. <laughs> I hear you, girl. I hear you. I hear you. Two peas in a pod because I'm not playing. That's right. Uh, we need to have a meeting. Hello. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Exactly. But this was a this was a really good discussion. This was a great discussion. And as mothers, we just have to keep pushing. You know, this dialogue, um, like you said, like Rashika said, because it seems like the loudest person in the room is the one that absolutely gets things done. For sure. Well, friends, this concludes our episode for today. If you have some feedback you want to share, please visit our social pages and tell us your thoughts on this discussion. So let's get to the wine. What do you think? You know what? I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to give it a five. A $30 bottle of wine, it better be a five. That's what I'm exactly. just going to say. It better be a five. <laughs> but it's really good. It's, it tastes crisp to me. I really, and you know, I'm starting to get into the Sauvignon Blancs. So I, I really like this one. I, like a good it. I give it a five as well. I give it a five. Yeah. All right. So family you can keep up with us on more discussions like these every sunday at 6 p.m everywhere you podcast y'all we have two more episodes before we conclude this season one our last episode is going to be our live taping on friday september 22nd at busboys and poets in columbia if you have not gotten your ticket you better do it because i'm telling y'all the tickets are going, they're going fast. And not only that, not only that, we're going to have to close them out at a certain point. So please, please, please visit our website and get your tickets. You do not want to miss this. We have two episodes coming and we do not want you to miss this live. We do not want you to miss this. Yes, we will, talk, we will be talking about the experience of the year if y'all don't stop playing with us. <laughs> <laughs> So um, after this season, we will definitely will be um, entering into season two next year in January. And next season, we'll promise we promise to be bigger and better, and you will get to see your host each and every week. So we are moving from audio to visual. Lord have <laughs> So y'all better not ever say y'all can't see us or whatever because we are switching our platform. Like she said, you will be able to see us for each and every episode. So we, I can't wait. We can't wait. Um, and so, you know, we're going to have some special treats um, at the uh, live taping. Um, and if I were you, like I said, I would go on right now, right, right now and get your tickets. And you don't want to just wait. You don't want to wait and just hear about it. 
and be like, oh, I should have came or whatever, but that's on y'all. That's on y'all. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and so I just wanted to reference the book that we talked about today. It's called My Brother Quentin. I did a 25th anniversary edition, which is the animated edition. Animated edition. And the book is available on Amazon. Partial of the proceeds go to the Trade Foundation, a 501c3 organization that supports families with children with differing abilities. We have a goal of a thousand books sold by September the 27th. So go pick up your book. The link will be in the description. So support, support your co host, support your girl Rashida. Thank you, y'all. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. I don't need you here to feel good. No, I'm not angry. I got better things to do. Tell your friends I will be just fine.